I'll ask this question. What are your thoughts about Jesus of Nazareth? What are your thoughts about Jesus of Nazareth? Or have you been granted repentance? What are your thoughts about Jesus of Nazareth? Who is he? Who is he? Where where is he right now? What is he doing right now? What are your thoughts? And what you really think in your heart, what I really think in my heart right now, this very moment, reveals to us, to you and to me, our standing before him right now. Salvation is a matter of right now. It's right now. Today is the day of salvation. This very moment. It's not yesterday. It's not even five minutes ago. It's what are your thoughts of Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, right now? And if you were to die at this very moment, it reveals your standing before God, and it reveals also what your hope, what your hope in eternity is. Isn't that an awesome question then? What are your thoughts about Jesus of Nazareth? The Muslim, the Hindu, the Buddhists, they have their thoughts about Jesus of Nazareth. They do. People who are religious, they're, they're not religious. People who are not religious, they have their thoughts about Jesus of Nazareth or else refuse to think about him altogether. And there are many religious men and women who call themselves Christians, though they are not, who have their thoughts about Jesus. They call him Jesus. They say things about him they think are good. They call him Lord. They say he's the Savior of sinners, but they have not believed on him as Savior, neither have they bowed to him as Lord. Many, many people in the world who call themselves Christians, who do not know the Lord. There are some men here I want us to look at in Acts chapter 2. And I want us to look at this, Acts chapter 2. There are some men here who... um, heard the Apostle Peter preach. And I want us to look there in Acts chapter 2, verse 14. This is when the day of Pentecost came. It says, But Peter, standing up with eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, Be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words. They thought these men were drunk. They were speaking another language as they didn't understand them. And the Apostle Peter is going to correct their thoughts about what they're thinking. He said, For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. It's nine o'clock in the morning, he's saying. But this what you're seeing, verse 16, is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This what you're seeing is fulfillment of the prophecy. God said this was going to happen. This was going to come to take place. This is a fulfillment of prophecy of the Old Testament. 
And it said, verse 17, And it shall come to pass in, that last, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out of those, in those days of my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great day, notable day of the Lord uh, come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 22. The apostle Peter says, Now you men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth. This is who we're talking about. They had a they knew who Jesus of Nazareth was. They knew who Jesus of Nazareth was. They had stood out in front of Pilate not too long before this, and they said, crucify him. Crucify. He's an imposter. We will not have this man to reign over us. We have no king but Caesar. And he said, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God, among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God hath raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden of it for David speaketh concerning him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ. I foresaw saw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made me know the Known, uh, known to me the ways of life thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance men and brethren let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried and his sepulcher is with us unto this day therefore being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn by him by, uh, with an oath unto him that of the fruit of his loins according to the flesh he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne he seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell neither his flesh did see corruption this Jesus hath God raised up where we are all witnesses wherefore being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Holy Father the promise of the Holy Ghost he hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear for David is not ascended into heavens, the heavens, but he saith uh, himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on, the right, on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, 
And this is what I want to talk about. When they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? When they heard this, what did they hear? Let's, I don't want to uh, spend uh, my message is going to be there in verse 37. But I want us to, to look at what they heard. What did they hear this day that they could have heard another day? But this day was different. In this respect, God had mercy on them. God had mercy on them. God opened their ears to hear. They had heard this before. They read. They read this text. They read these texts over and over, but they did not believe. What was different today, this day? The Lord opened their hearts. The Lord opened their hearts. He had mercy on them. But what is it they heard? First of all, they heard that this, what they were seeing, was a fulfillment of the prophecy concerning the glorification of the Christ. The glorification of the Christ. God the Father promised God the Son when he would fulfill all things and when he would sit on the throne that he would pour out his spirit. Look at John chapter 7, if you will. John chapter 7, verse 35. This is given by way of explanation. That's verse 37. In that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39. But this spake he of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. When the Lord, see, see who was glorified? It was Jesus who was glorified. To, disti to distinguish, Christ is the Son of, eternal Son of God. Christ is the eternal Son of God. Christ has no beginning and no end. He is the anointed one of God. This man, Jesus of Nazareth, a man, bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh, he is the Christ. God was manifest in the flesh. And when he, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he fulfilled all that the Father gave him to do, when he finished all the work that God the Father gave him to do, to perfection, the Lord said, God, the, God says of him, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He finished the work. And when he finished the work, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. There's a man sitting on the throne in heaven. And he is the king of kings and lord of lords. And he's ruling right now in your life and in my life. We cannot make him Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. And all things that come into our life are directed by him. And they're directed for him. <laughs> they're directed for him. All things that bring glory to his name. All things. He is the king of kings. 
And so what they heard, first of all, this is a fulfillment of prophecy. You see, the Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, He is the Christ of God. But He is the Christ because He fulfills all the promises of the Old Testament Scriptures. All the things that were written of Him must be fulfilled in the Old Testament Scriptures or else He's not the Christ of God. But this is, this is to show these men that this is the fulfillment of what God had said would take place this day at Pentecost. Then you notice there, it says, uh, Ye men of Israel, Jesus of Nazareth, a man. He's a real man. This is what they heard. He was a real man. They knew he was a real man. What they didn't know is that he is God manifest in the flesh. One day they picked up stones to cast at him, and he said, For what? which good works do you stone me? They said, Not for good works, but because you, being a man, you make yourself to be God. They had it backwards, right? Him being God... He made himself man. The word was made flesh. But he is a real man. Bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. This is what a man must hear. He must hear that this one who is the Savior, this one who is the Redeemer, is a real man. He has to be able to, uh, to identify with us. And he did come and identify with us. He came and identified with us in, uh, with us in this cesspool. He took on, he took our own, and how wonderful it is to think about this. He didn't take on the name, nature of angels. He didn't take on the nature of angels. He took on the nature of men, lower than the angels, lower than the angels. He's a real man. And then also, you know, notice there he says, approved of God. Approved. There is no other man that is approved of God. Did you know that? There's no other man that is approved of God. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The only way that God could be pleased with us is if we're in this man, in the Lord Jesus Christ. God is pleased with him, with his work. A man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders. Nicodemus came to the Lord and said, we, we know you're a man sent of God because no man can do the things you do except God be with him. Well, that's true. But all the miracles that he did testified of who he was, who he is. He is the Christ, approved of God by these miracles. The miracles that he did were the miracles that God the Father gave him to do. I wonders inside which God did by him in the midst of you as you yourself also know. You know this. And you also know this about him. You know he was a man. And you know he's approved of God. You know that. And you know you also crucified him. You know you also crucified him. And I, I, could, I could say here this morning, if... if if the Lord hasn't done something for you, if the Lord, all of it, let me just say it this way, all of us by nature are God-haters, are God-haters. And the, the, the crime, the crime of 
committing, uh, taking the Son of God and hanging him on the cross is charged to the whole humanity. It's charged to humanity. You and I were present. You and I were present that day in the Garden of Eden when our father Adam said, Not thy will. I'll do what I want to do. You and I were present then. And you and I were present then in that mob saying we will not have this man to rule over us. It hasn't been too many years ago, those of you who do believe, it hasn't been too many years ago that you said the very same thing. I will not submit. I will not bow. That's us by nature. That's us by nature. You knew. You know this. You know this. You know that that you crucified and slayed the Son of God. But now, what you don't know is this. God had it planned all along. <laughs> he says there, whom God hath raised, he says, him being delivered, verse 23, him being delivered by the determinate counsel of God. How important is that? How important is it that the Lord Jesus Christ did not die as an afterthought of God? as an afterthought of God. All things that happen in time, all things that happen in time are happening because of the decree of God in eternity, before time. That is what providence is. Providence, the providence of God, we speak of the good providence of God, there is no other kind of providence. The providence of God is the fulfillment of God's decree in eternity in time that's the providence of God and all things are working together for good to them that love the Lord to them that are called according to his purpose and even this the most heinous crime the man taking the son of God and crucifying him wicked hands it says whom God has raised up he says him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God Ye have taken and by wicked's hands have crucified and slain. You're guilty. I'm guilty. And every moment, every moment that you have not submitted or bowed to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're still saying the same thing. I will not have this man to rule over me. That's exactly right. This is what this is what this is what's happening. But now listen to this. You're not going to be able to get rid of his kingship. <laughs> you can rant and rave all you want to. The heathen will rave. Why do the heathen rave? That's what Psalm 2 says. Why do they imagine a vain thing? Why, do they, why, do you, why does a man think in his thoughts that he's going to be able to overthrow God's king, God's purpose? Well, these men took the Lord Jesus Christ and took him outside and they said we will not have him to reign we'll kill him we won't have anything to do with him but it says there verse 24 God raised him from the dead God raised him up this man the Lord Jesus Christ having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holding of it not possible why why was it not possible that death should hold on to him. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. 
He was made sin for us who knew no sin. He was made sin for His people. The sins of His people were laid on Him. He took our sins in His body on the tree. He was made sin. He was made sin for us. And when He was made sin, the wrath of God fell on Him. The just punishment due to our sins was laid on Him. The wrath of God fell on Him. The wrath of God that you and I, you, you who are a believer, that wrath of God that is unending, cannot be satisfied by man's death. Man cannot satisfy. Man cannot satisfy God in his death. But the God-man can. The God-man can. The Lord Jesus Christ, He is God. And as God, He can satisfy God's demand. And so He, he paid the price. He, he paid the price in full. Having paid the price in full, having satisfied God's demands, God's demands of His justice, that is, the sins of His people were paid in full, and he was let go. He was let go. Death can have no more reign over him. Death can have no more. And the same thing is true of you who believe the Lord Jesus Christ. You who believe God. Death has no more dominion over you. If you believe the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll never die. That's what the Lord said. You know, in the Scripture, it doesn't speak of the, the departure of saints as death. It's, it speaks of sleeping. Sleeping. You know, you, we're going to sleep. Nobody's afraid of sleeping, is it? <laughs> I had a bad night last night with, the, with some pain, so I'm, I'm looking forward to some sleep again tonight. But uh, God raised him up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. David speaketh concerning him. I foresaw the Lord always before my face. He is on my right hand that I should not be moved. This was prophesied in the Old Testament Scriptures. David was the man whom God used to speak of the resurrection. And he said, I, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. Therefore my heart did rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover also shall my flesh rest in hope. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. When he went to the cross, he knew he was going to be brought up the third day. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. He was raised up. And now here's the next thing you did not know. He said, God raised him up from the dead, and he's made him Lord and Christ. He says there in verse 36, I want to, I want to get a, jump on ahead because I want to I want to hurry up. He said, "Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom you've crucified, whom you had such a low opinion of, such a low opinion of, you crucified him, but God has raised him up and has made him Lord and Christ. That's who he is. That man Jesus of Nazareth." He's Lord, and He's Christ. It says here, when they heard this, when they heard this, they were pricked. And they cried out, and they said, Men and brethren, 
They said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? Now this is a different question. Now this is a different question than we have in, in John chapter 6. If you look at John chapter 6 and verse 28, this is a different question than these men posed our Lord on one day when our Lord, they had seen the Lord do this, this uh, miracle and they followed after him. And in verse 28, uh, verse 27, the Lord said, Labor not for the meat which, meat, meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. God the Father is approved, setting forth. And they said unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Now, what they're thinking is, we're going to do something to earn salvation. The Lord said, labor not for the meat. And they understood by laboring, they thought, well, that means work. And the Lord said this in verse 29, correcting their thoughts. He said unto them, this is the work of God. It's God's work. This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. So that if you believe on him whom he has sent, this is God-given faith. It's the work of God. It's different. This is a different question. These men were thinking, well, we're going to work something. But these men right here in Acts chapter 2, this is the question of a person who has been convicted, who has been convicted of their sin. What shall we do? What shall we do? We have, we have been guilty. We're guilty of murdering. The Lord of glory. What shall we do? This is, they're convicted that this man whom they thought so little of is in fact Jesus of Nazareth, uh, as Jesus the Christ. He is Lord and he is Christ. They're convicted of this. And so they pose this question, what shall we do? Now, the answer the Apostle Peter says Apostle Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repent. Repent and be baptized. Now the Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciples when they went out, he said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth and is baptized. And here the Peter, Apostle Peter is saying, Repent and be baptized. Are they two different things or is it one and the same? Are they two different things or is it one and the same? Well, there are two different things, but they happened at the same time. You cannot repent without believing. And a person can't believe who has not repented. You can't say one goes before the other. Their repentance and faith, they go hand in hand. It's like a coin. If you have a coin, you have two sides of that coin. You can't have a coin with just one side. You can't have a sheet of paper with just one side. You have a front and a back. So that a person that has repented is a person that believes. But I want us to, to consider this. The Apostle Paul said, repent and be baptized. Now we know that he's not saying, he's not saying, 
that he could do something to obligate God. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 it says, For by grace are you saved through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that's not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. Now because salvation is by the grace of God. Then it must be. Listen. Because salvation is by the grace of God. It must be then sovereign grace. Sovereign grace. There is no other kind of grace but sovereign grace. Sovereign grace. Otherwise, grace ceases to be grace. If there's any kind of grace that's not sovereign grace, that's not, that's works. Isn't that right? If there's any kind of grace that's, that's preached that they say it's not sovereign grace, believe me, look for it, you'll find works. You'll find works. Now, salvation is by the sovereign grace of God in Christ Jesus because man cannot obligate God. Man cannot obligate God to have mercy. Repent. It's not saying repent so you can obligate God. No, repentance is a gift of God. It's the sovereign grace of God because man cannot obligate God to save him. God does not owe you and I mercy. God does not owe you and I salvation. We're sinners by birth, by choice, and by practice. We have broken God's holy law. We've rebelled against His uh, rulership. And then we're also guilty of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're guilty. The only thing that we could say God really owes us is death. Death. The wages of sin is death. God does not owe you and I mercy. And as soon as a person thinks God owes them something... As soon as a person God thinks that God owes them something, that's that's the road to a fall. That's the road to a fall. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, there are some people our Lord came to his own town. You, you remember that in uh, Luke chapter four. There's some people that came to our Lord uh, when he came to his own town there in Nazareth, and they they thought for sure. If, if the Lord's going to do something, He's going to do it for us. You know, if the Lord's going to do something, He's going to do it for us. And many people have that idea. If the Lord's going to save somebody, then He's going surely He's going to save me because I'm, see, I'm a good member. I'm an upstanding member of the church and I go to church three times a week and I give my offerings and so on and so forth. You know, they give their resume. Surely, surely God's going to have mercy on me. That's not sovereign mercy. That's not sovereign grace. But these people, they thought that they had somehow or another they had a, 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 a foothold on the Lord Jesus Christ. And they thought, well, he's going to do something. And the verse 25, the Lord's setting them straight. You could read this later on in your home. But the Lord's setting them straight in their thoughts. He said, I tell you the truth, many widows were in Israel in the time of Elias when the heavens were shut up three, three years and six months when the great famine was throughout the law of the land, but unto none of them was Elias sent, but unto Sarepta and the city of Sidon unto a woman that was a widow, unto a Gentile woman. What is the Lord saying there? God will have mercy on whom he'll have mercy. 
He'll have compassion on whom he'll have compassion. That's what he's saying. You can't, you can't obligate God. And said there were many lepers in the in uh, in Israel in the time of Eliseus the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. And all in the synagogue, what was their response to that? It says all in the synagogue, when they heard these things, they were filled with wrath. Men, how they hate the sovereign right of God to choose and do whatsoever he will sovereign election sovereign choice of God it's not of your choice it's God's choice not of my choice they rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him under the brow of the hill whereupon the city was built that they might cast him down headlong well this is the first lesson I believe a person needs to understand Salvation's by grace, therefore you cannot obligate God. It's of him that showeth mercy. It says that God said to Moses, God said to Moses, It's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Not of him that willeth, not of him that runneth. The second thing, salvation is by the sanctifying grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. First, it's the sovereign grace of God. The second is the sanctifying grace. Man cannot obligate God. Sanctifying grace of our Lord Jesus Christ because man cannot please God in the flesh. Man cannot please God in the flesh. People think that they're going to do something to please God. So he's not saying do something here to please God and you'll be saved. It's not that. Not at all because man cannot please God in the flesh. The flesh is enmity with God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 7, we have that the carnal mind is enmity against God. The carnal mind, the thoughts of a man's imagination by nature. The carnal mind, the thoughts, is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be, cannot be. He's dead in trespasses. He cannot be subject to the law of God. So in the flesh, it says there in verse 8, so that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. We cannot please God. People talk about serving God. People talk about serving God. But in the flesh, apart from the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, apart from the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, apart from His blood that is shed, Nothing that we do is pleasing to God. Everything we do must come through Him. Must be sprinkled with the blood. Our prayers. There's enough wickedness in our prayers to send us to hell. Everything. The, the Isaiah 64 says our, our, our righteousness are filthy rags. Now, now if that's our righteousness, if our righteousness are filthy rags, we don't even need to be talking about anything else. Our righteousness is filthy rags. The Apostle Paul said in Romans eight uh, 7, verse 18, he said, um, that is, in, uh, I know, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. In my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to do well is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. In the flesh. So he's not saying do something in the flesh. 
And then thirdly, salvation is by the regenerating grace of God because men and women cannot see or understand the gospel. Salvation is by the regenerating grace of God because men and women cannot see nor understand the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ unless God gives them eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive. You see, these men who are crying out, men and brethren, what shall we do? The Holy Spirit's already done something for them. The Holy Spirit's already done something for them. Otherwise, they would not answer. There are many other people that didn't ask that question. Many other people didn't even ask that question. And there are many people today that hear of the Lord Jesus Christ who are not convicted of their sin. What sin am I talking about? What sin am I talking about? Convicted of their sin. You know, this one man came to a preacher one time and he said, you don't know how big a sinner I am. And the pastor said, well, what are you talking about? And he started talking about, he started confessing. He thought he was like before a priest. He started telling me he did this. And the preacher said, is that all? He said, well, he said, no, you don't know I've done this and that. You know, he kept getting worse and worse. And the preacher said, is that it? And finally, he just, you know, he felt like he had already cleaned out. You know, he said, that's it. And the preacher said, you have not yet named the sin for which you're guilty of. The Lord Jesus Christ said, when the Holy Spirit comes, this is in John 16, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to convict men of sin. And this is why he's going to convict men of sin, not because... You know, we have a lot of bad behavior we're going to be repenting of, and we say, well, I repent of that. And then before you know it, you're going to repent of it again. That's repentance that needs repenting of. But there's only one repentance that doesn't need repenting of, and that's repentance towards God. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? The Lord, and the Lord Jesus Christ said, when the Holy Spirit comes and he convicts men of sin, it'll be with respect to this, they have not believed on me they have not believed you have not come to me you have not come to me looking for forgiveness of sin if you believed on me you would come to me if you believed God's word concerning the Lord Jesus Christ you would come to him well man cannot cannot find out God in the, in the flesh it must be a revelation a revelation Salvation is by grace through faith. By grace through faith. Now, it says here in the text, repent and be baptized. I'm trying to show that faith, a person that believes God, at the same time, he's got to repent from his own thoughts. Uh, we read that uh, in Isaiah 55 uh, this morning. Isaiah 55 uh, Verse uh, 7, I believe it is. It says, uh, Let the wicked forsake his way. Now, what that's talking about is that talking about me. There's a way that seemeth right to man, but the end thereof is destruction. And every man by nature has his own way. They think this is right. This is right. Let the wicked forsake his way, because his way is not God's way. God's way is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's repentance. Let the wicked forsake his way, 
and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Our thoughts about ourselves, that we're able to do something. Our thoughts about who Christ is, the need for Christ. See, no man can say he's believed God unless he's come to Christ, because otherwise he's trusting in himself. Let me say that again. No man has believed God with respect to Christ who has not come to him because he thinks he can do something for himself. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. Return unto Jehovah. There you have the both. You have repentance and faith. Turn to Jehovah. How do you turn to Jehovah? In Christ Jesus. That's coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and, and to our God for he will be abundantly pardoned. What a great promise. The Lord said that. He said, all that come unto me I will in no wise cast out. So that if you really come to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's by the grace of God. And when you come, you come leaving every thought and every imagination of your willingness or of your goodness of your ability or any kind of works or else you're not coming you're not coming well salvation is by grace through faith you see these men they they believe that's why they cried out what shall we do they believe this report that the apostle Peter was speaking they said what shall we do they believed they believe that we are the ones get we are the sinner. I am the sinner. A person that believes God believes God with this respect, he believes he's a sinner. Right? A person believes God, he believes he's a sinner. Being a sinner never excluded anyone from coming to Christ. Being a sinner never excluded anyone from coming to Christ. Jesus Christ came to the world to save sinners. He came to save sinners. Apostle Paul said in Timothy, this is a worthy, worthy, uh, faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation, that Jesus Christ came to the world to save sinners. Well, that's not, you know, if he came to save sinners and I'm not a sinner, that's no benefit to me. If he came to save sinners and you're not a sinner, then you just excluded yourself from the only hope there is. The Apostle Paul said, Whom I am chief. I am chief. Came to save sinners, whom I am chief. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, he saved that thief on the cross. That, that, that thief on the cross, what did he recognize about himself? He said, You know, we're, we're receiving exactly what we deserve. He said to that other man, He said, Don't you fear God. That's the grace of God revealed to him at the hour of death. At one time he was reviling. He had a bad opinion of this man, Jesus of Nazareth. He had a bad opinion. He was, he was reviling him just like the other man. And then the Lord had mercy on him. And he was able to see what he wasn't able to see before. And he said, Don't you fear God. Don't you fear God. See what God is doing to that one has done nothing? What are you and I? What, if we fall in the hands of this living God, what is He going to do with us? Don't you fear God? 
we, we're, we're receiving what we justly, justly deserve. But this man had done no wrong. And then he turned to the Lord. See, he's re- recognizing himself as a sinner. He's changed his opinion about himself and he's changed his opinion about the Lord. That's, that's a gift of God. Then he, he says, Lord, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me. That's the, the cry of faith, isn't it? He that calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, a person who is repentant also acknowledges his condition before God and seeks a Savior. He acknowledges his condition, and secondly, he seeks a Savior. The inability of man lies mainly in this. He will not. He will not come. The Lord Jesus Christ said, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have everlasting life. And they are they that testify of me, and you will not come to me that you may have life. You will not. The, the, the inability of man lies primarily in this, his inability, his unwillingness to come. The Lord said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But man is not willing. Man is not willing. But people that are, people that are made willing, they come. They come. A person who is repentant and acknowledges condition before God seeks the Savior. See, Cornelius, he sought, he sought a Savior. He sought the Savior, didn't he? He, he, he called for Peter. He said, uh, come preach to us. Come preach to us. Zacchaeus, he sought the Savior. He, he overcame some obstacles. He sought the Savior. That, what about that leper? It was not lawful for him to come close to any man. And yet he came and he said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. Seek the Lord. So, seek the Lord. And seek Him right now. Today is the day of salvation. Right now. It's not, wait till you get home. It's right now. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. And thirdly, a person who is repentant will call upon the name of the Lord. No one is saved by calling, but no one is saved apart from calling. You calling doesn't... You know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of lie going around saying, repeat this after me, and then after you repeat it, you know, bless God, you're saved. That's a, that's a lie. But now, on the other hand, no one is saved without calling. No one is saved without calling. You're going you're gonna to call on the name of the Lord. You're going to call. That's what Romans says, Romans 3. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see that that man that go back to that man that thief on the cross, he said, he said, Lord, have mercy on me. He said, Remember me. He he wouldn't have been saved if he hadn't called on the Lord. Remember me. And a person that is repentant will follow the Lord. Obedience. You see, this obedience here is mentioned this way repent and be baptized. Perhaps there's someone here who says, well, I believe everything you say. Everything I've heard you say, I believe. Well, here's the first point of obedience. Be baptized. I say, have you been baptized? Are you following the Lord? Our Lord said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. You say, no, I haven't been baptized. 
That's not that's not that's not salvation. Be baptized. Confess the Lord. It's the confess obedience unto the Lord. A person who has repented will follow the Lord in obedience to his command, his master. The Lord bless this word to you. Thank you, brother, for this time.